Apple has its big event next week, and one of the main products we're expecting to see is an updated iPad Pro. But what does it take to really make it a professional device? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me to discuss what we expect and what we want to see from the iPad is Apple expert Ian Sharp. Welcome, Ian. How you doing? So first off, let's let's talk about what we do expect from an iPad front at next week's event. Well, primarily we are expecting iPads that have uh, faster chips in them. No shock there. Uh, there's a possibility that they might also add stuff like maybe advanced wireless like 5G. And then one of the other things we're looking for is new screen technology. There's been a lot of talk in the tech industry about something called mini LED, uh, which at the end of the day means that the screens will have better contrast. You'll see darker darks and brighter brights. Uh, but other than that, there isn't anything truly life-changing that we're expecting. Unlike last year when the iPad Airs looked a lot more like the iPad Pros, which was cool for cheap skates like myself, well, value-oriented people, but not uh, really life-changing otherwise. And to be clear, they weren't necessarily cheap. They they were definitely a step down from the iPad Pro, but but not exactly the, the budget iPads that are still in the lineup. Um, it sounds a lot from what you're saying that this is definitely one of those incremental upgrade years. Definitely shouldn't buy one if you got one recently. Um, but who, who do you think this is for like who who who'd be in the market for uh, one of these refreshed iPads? Everybody, oddly enough, uh, one of the things that the pandemic has done it is has is that it has increased our reliance on technology in a huge way, and that may sound pretty obvious, but when it comes specifically to entertainment and education people are gobbling up iPads. And the data bears this out. The iPad business uh, actually grew over the holidays uh, pretty well. And it is now uh, about just slightly larger than Starbucks annual revenues. <laughs> so you know, just think about how large this is. Um, it's still you know, not as large a business as the iPhone, of course, which is multiples bigger. But uh, that is the people who really want it. I think what's going to be interesting, though, is that because of the chip shortage we've been dealing with, because everyone's trying to get all of these computers and all of these devices, and we can't even get PlayStation 5s or build you know, cars anymore, then uh, what's probably going to happen is that they may rely on uh, not changing too much. So that way they can uh, not get affected too badly by the chip shortage. Got it. And uh, obviously, as you said, when we were all locked down and we needed separate entertainment and education devices, a lot of us turned to iPads. I know I did. Uh, and I still tend to use it more than my big screen TV, frankly. You and me both. But as as the as the lockdown hopefully, hopefully ends, uh, you know, and, and things get kind of back to normal and we kind of are out and about a bit more, do you think that 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 momentum slows down. Like what what happens to that? Because the obviously the 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 need to they're being locked in and the need to have something like an iPad to watch your your video that that obviously would fade over time if you're out and about a lot more, right? Probably, but I think what's going to be interesting is that Apple has been pushing 
rather hard on stuff like education, right? That cheaper iPad is something that they really highlighted a couple of years ago when they went to a school in Chicago to kind of emphasize what they can do for education. And ever since then, they've been really pushing hard with teachers. They've been adding more coding tools to it. They are trying to make it um, even more like a computer. The, the latest iteration with that uh, magic keyboard uh, that makes it kind of look like it's floating above the keyboard. It's super cool to look at, but uh, I've heard mixed reviews on the actual thing. It has a, uh, touch, a, a touchpad on the keyboard, so it's almost like a laptop. So, you know, I think that people are going to still see value for it. And just anecdotally, you know, I spoke to a number of people for the story. And one of the things that I constantly kept hearing was that children and older people love them, right? It's, it's kind of the Chromebook thing where, you know, especially technically savvy people like you and me, we will buy these things for other people in our lives who are like, this is easy enough to use. <laughs> Enjoy it, right? And you're not going to break anything. And uh, I, it's it's apparently hugely popular with those types of groups. So that's another thing that likely will uh, keep that business going even further. Now, the, some of the iPad Pro, and really the the broader idea that Apple has been trying for a while now to position these things as workplace devices as a replacement for your laptop. Right? There are campaigns that's you know that that sort of say. That position this as the new computer or the fact that like the younger generations don't really even know what a computer is. They think it's an iPad, which I don't necessarily buy. But <laughs> it's an what, interesting what ad. <laughs> what do you think of that and that the the you know the notion that this is this can replace your your laptop or your workplace PC? You know, I think that this is the whole Steve Jobs conversation around sedans and trucks. Right, which is that you know the world started with trucks, and then over time, sedans showed up, and people didn't need trucks anymore. So you know the people buying trucks used them for what they needed, but everyone else had a sedan, and that's what he said about the tablets when the when the iPad was really starting out. And I have a feeling that that might end up being the case: is that professionals who need access to all the files all the time and the folders and all that stuff. We are going to be addicted to our computers for the rest of the time, but um, it's going to be the people who don't need that stuff, right? Who are just surfing the web using Facebook, maybe exchanging emails. They're going to be super happy on the iPad and especially as it advances even further. So I can see that playing out that way. Um, but, you know, the, uh, in my perfect world, Apple builds a hybrid device that's an iPad when you tear off the screen and then it's a, you know, a Mac when you put the, put the screen on the keyboard. But, you know, that would be too easy for them to do. So they're never going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're getting a little ahead of me there because that, that's kind of the next thing I want to talk about. Is like, what exactly could Apple do to an iPad to make it attractive enough for professionals, for folks like you and me who... Like I still, yeah, if there's breaking news or there's, if I need to get to do something really quickly, I open up my laptop. I don't open up my iPad. Yeah. And I think that um, the M1 chip is where everything changes quite a bit. Uh, this is the chip that they rolled out last year that's using the same technology as the iPhone. And it allows you to run uh, iPhone and iPad apps on the Mac. 
And as a result, it's just hard not to imagine a Mac that has an overlay and a touchscreen that looks like an iPad, and then you just push a button and it's a Mac again, because they're all the same software at this point. Uh, but, you know, I think that Apple, I don't know if they'll do that. They've been constantly pushing back on the idea of putting a touchscreen on their computers. They say it's bad ergonomics. They say that people don't really want it, even though Microsoft and a bunch of other people have been making ads about how people love it. So I don't know. I, I'm really curious to see where this goes. I, it's really hard to imagine what the iPad can become beyond what it is now without those kind of changes. And I mean, beyond that, what are some of your, you know, you, you listed out the features that we expect from the new iPad. What are some of the features you are hoping to see that, you know, may not show up, but really are in your, your wish list of additions or features to a new iPad or iPad Pro? Yeah. Well, if that hybrid thing ever shows up, I'm going to be like, take my money. But the <laughs> other thing that they, that I think would be really interesting is foldable technology. You know, the iPad business is not as large as the iPhone, so they can play with it and not risk like completely decimating their business <laughs> as a result of it. And so I have always wondered, like there are some patents they filed and rumors that they're working on folding screen technology. Why not do it with the iPad, right? Turn it into kind of a into the magazine that everyone thought it would be back in 2010 and let it fold and then unfold and, and make it an interesting device. And it's already more fragile than an iPhone anyway. So, you know, it would make sense that they would do that. I don't know if they ever will, um, but I, I feel like folding screens are the future at some point. But I also wonder if folding screens are the future in the same way that we will eventually all have flying cars. <laughs> Is that, <laughs> you know, we were promised them like, oh, two decades ago, we still don't have them. Uh, and maybe that's just the reality, right? We all see it coming, but for some reason, it's just always the carrot just slightly more in front of us. I mean, I, I feel like that's somewhat analogous to the idea of video chatting, which we were promised the idea of face-to-face -face video chatting what in the eighties by AT and T at some point, and it was just I love yeah that ad was very popular yeah and it, it, it just yeah. and then all of a sudden it just it appeared it just became like FaceTime came and it became like a thing like it it you know it it'll happen probably not for a while but but yeah I agree like I, I wouldn't I would love to see a foldable tablet I know a number of other handset makers uh, have been experimenting with that or have devices like that. I don't know if there's an actual foldable tablet yet uh, necessarily. There are a number of foldable phones, but I'd definitely love to see that. Um, yeah, I mean, for I guess for me, I, I just, I guess better attachments for keyboard or whatever like that and cheaper. Maybe, maybe I'm just being... Cheaper would be nice, but then now I, we're talking I, about I, Apple. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I told you this is a wish list. This wasn't a practical list. Well, like, I didn't know yeah. that I was like asking Santa for changes now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just I, I guess like cheaper attachments and like acknowledgement that like if you want to make your iPad Pro an actual work device, you've got to spend like an extra $300. Uh, Any way to get that lower? And yes, I know I'm asking Apple to make their expensive devices less expensive or expensive accessories less expensive, but still one can wish. Yeah, I, I think that professional devices for a while until app developers 
really figure out and they've figured out how to make really great entertainment apps and a lot of really interesting you know there's some good dj apps out there some interesting Mm -hmm. video editing apps but you know if we're all being honest with each other you and me even though we are living in the worlds of keyboards and light and writing we still need a computer at the end of the day to do the job an ipad just can't cut it it can do like 75% of what I need, but it doesn't go all the way. And I think that that's something that it's going to struggle with until app developers figure it out or until Apple concedes and starts bringing even more computer technology into the fold. Otherwise, I think it'll always be a secondary thing. Definitely. Well, we'll see what Apple has in store. Maybe they'll surprise us with something. Maybe they'll they'll cut a price on some accessory. No, probably not. (laughs) But... Keep dreaming. I know. Ian, thanks for your time. You can check out all of our Apple coverage on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash daily charge. And if you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.